podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard! It's 2-0! It's Chelsea's championship! And 50 years of waiting have come to an end! Lampard comes out to Essien! Oh my goodness! It's a counter attack! It's a new dropper! And now it's in the middle! Dropper goes! Stretch it! Stretch it! Mitch it on when you do! Stretch it! 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 Unbelievable! As possibly bleak as this. Hello, welcome to Chelsea Hour. My name is Meads and I'll be your host for this one. Um, it's going to be a, uh, well, I won't even say a short pod, but I'd say it's a quite intimate pod. Myself and my bro, Jay. What are you saying, bro? How are you doing, man? Yeah, man. All good, man. All good. Looking forward to the season already, bro. Yeah, like, it's, I'm like, the season's already ended and now it's already started. It's um, crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> like, just a couple of weeks ago, we did our season-ending podcast and now we're back again with a, you know, the season's right on the way, bro. Like, it's literally about two weeks away, so it's yeah, mad right now. Mad. Um, I think we've just seen the fixture list come out, and uh, I guess we want to just have a quick discussion about, you know, our hopes for the season, and um, well, the, I guess the first six six games. I, I'm I'm quite happy. I'm quite for, well, not really happy, but I'm I'm quite excited. I don't feel like it's a good mix of fixtures for me. Um, have you had a chance to look at them, Jay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I saw them earlier, and then I, I'm just looking at them a little bit in depth now as well. Like, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm kind of happy about the first one because yeah. I feel like it's like a perfect game to try and get a pamming early. I know, you know? That's, it, bro. that's what I saw. You know what the thing is, yeah? The thing is, that, that was the first thing I looked. I'm like, 
at Brighton, yeah, you might be able to give him a cheeky one still. That's away from home as well. And you know Brighton, yeah. they're the type of team that will try and come on to you as well. That's what, I, that's what I'm going to be thinking. Like, they're going to try and come on to you. It's their first home game of the season. They're going to try and put on a show. This is Chelsea counterattack. Yeah. You know what I mean, so I'm thinking about the team of Werner being in there. <laughs> you know, what I mean? you know what I mean. So it could be like a little. It could be a situation where you know Chelsea could probably fill their boots here, like, and uh, you know, yeah, try to get, build some thinking, confidence though. for the season. Yeah, build some confidence for the season. Hopefully, team of Werner gets his first couple of goals in the Chelsea shirt. And, uh, yeah, just bit, it puts us in good stead for um, the next game. So, that's on the 14th of, um, of September. I think um, the, the FA and the Premier League decided that um, Wolves and Chelsea will get um, an additional two days rest in comparison yeah. to the rest of the league. I think Manchester United and Man City have got an additional week um, before they start their next fixture. Um, and then we, after that, so that's a couple of days after, we have got Liverpool at home. Which is a it's an interesting game for me because I feel like throughout the season, every time we play Liverpool, uh, we gave them a good game. We gave a good account of, like, account of ourselves. I don't feel like any of the games were um, as much as we lost five uh, three, I believe it was. Um, yeah, at um, Anfield, I didn't think it was an absolute pasting. I felt like had we had a, a competent goalkeeper and a, a you know a bit more of a solid defence. It could have probably been a a, a lot more um, fairer score and a a close encounter. Um, But again, that's that, and that's how we face them currently um, with our current setup, with our current squad, and that's not taking into consideration our new additions, bro. So I know that's what I was just about to say. So I'm excited. (laughs) I can't lie. It's not a thing. You know when like. Remember last season? I think at the beginning of last season, I looked at the fixtures and I'm thinking, oh, Manchester United, first game. I was quite nervous, a bit worried, yeah. big game straight away. This season, I'm looking at it thinking, you know what? Fuck it, let's have them, man. I'm not really too, not really too upset. Like, I get you, and, as well, and I think as well, like, in Liverpool, all the teams I would have wanted early, I probably would want Liverpool kind of like second game in or first game in even, because... I never ever feel too like even if you lose that game, obviously you're pissed because you want to you want to win the big games, obviously. But mm. at the beginning, where a lot of our attackers, our new attackers, might even still be finding their feet and all of that, yeah. um, it's it's kind of like a perfect game to kind of see where they'll be at in terms of you know what they're possibly going to be doing this season. You know, like if Ziyech and Werner give a good account of themselves against Liverpool, even you know get us get us the win, yeah. then you're probably thinking. Boy, like this, yeah. this is gonna be a season where you know what I'm saying. I get your, I get it because for me personally, like when I look at these kind of matches, especially we get like I feel like every time we've had a big game at like early doors, like you know, especially like against the Liverpools and stuff. Um, I feel like we tend to do all right. I don't feel like uh, this is why I don't feel too nervous. Like, it's quite, it's a weird one for me. Oh, we, you know, we could still get a slapping um, by um, Liverpool, but. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I I feel again it will like like you said it will give us um a good understanding and uh ah it's a weird one. It will give us a good kind of feeling as to see where these players are at and yeah. potentially how spoke, they could possibly do. Yeah, because we spoke a lot about like we've spoken a lot about last season how a lot of the times when we've gone into these games we don't look threatening and we don't feel like we're going to be threatening. Whereas this season when it starts and I'm, I'm kind of hoping as soon as I see that front line against Brighton, I'm going to be like, 
I'm going to see Ziyech, hopefully. I'm going to see Werner. Mm. I'm going to see, you know, um, Hudson-Odoi because Pulisic is injured as well. Like, you know, Pulisic to come back as well. Like, the, the attack now all of a sudden, and then obviously... He will speak about him later, but there's a possibility it could even be Kai Havertz as well. And then you're thinking, ah, oh, like... Do you know what? Do you know what's how crazy? can we not win the games? You know what I'm saying? You know, so, about, like, how? Well, you know, it's the Premier League, so we can't really take any, any game. Of course. Granted. Obviously, we know that, you know, Brighton, they held us to a draw away from home last season um, with a last-minute um, overhead kick. Um, so, they're a decent side. They're a good side. Um, they have their threats. They have their well. We're going to come up against our former our former boy in Tariq. So, um, it's going to be interesting. One thing that I am quite... I'm happy with is the fact that we got ZH and Werner in early. So, they've been with the squad. They've been training. In terms of settling down, there's not going to be that, that period where you're thinking, okay, they need to settle, they need to settle. You, you're going to have... a. I guess you... You've given them now additional period for them to settle in and be familiar with their surroundings, be familiar with the club. I know they've not played Premier League football yet, but they're familiar with the training, what Frank wants from them as well. So they're already involved, they're already kind of known. And the best thing that we've seen probably towards the latter part of the season was Frank Lampard building towards this new season. You know what I mean? In terms of the style of play, the way we want to play and, um, you know, the midfield composition, etc. So again, if we do get Kai Havertz, which for me, will be quite transformative. It'd be, um, it, it's going to be very, very interesting. So, yeah, against Brighton, I'm hoping for a, a win. Against Liverpool will be a very interesting game. Either way, it's tight either way. Um, but it's at home. You kind of hope that probably being the old Chelsea that at home would be quite decent against the bigger side. So, we can only hope and pray that, um, that we get the win there or get, uh, get at least a positive result. Um, then we've got West Brom. West Brom away. And um, West Brom away has been um, a notorious fixture for us. It's quite, it's quite sad to see them back in the Premier League um, because, <laughs> as, as you guys probably know, um, when a manager's under the cosh and um, a Chelsea manager's under the cosh and then they go to West Brom away, they tend to lose their job. Obviously, I'm not hoping, I'm not, I don't think this is going to be the same thing for Frank Lampard, but it's West Brom away. So, um, it, it's something hey. to be wary of. Yeah, I mean, I think, how, how I think yeah, I think they're a very different team to some like the West Brom of old as well. I feel like yeah. the West Brom of old, they had um, like Dawson, who's now at Watford. Yeah, you know, like them big physical guys and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, they used to have quite a few of those, but now they, they, I think they're balling out. A bit, now they play like, now. They play. They can play. Yeah. They, they get it on the deck. They get it on yeah. the deck now. They but I think I think those kind of teams, a bit like Norwich last season, it was it's going to be interesting to see because. If they stick to their philosophy the mm. same way Norwich tried to do um, when they came up, mm. I think against us, especially with the players that we've just mentioned, and even with the current players, like you know, we got people like Loftus Cheek having a, yep. a nice rest coming back. Um, you know, Hudson Odoi. We've got all these. Even the current lot will You'd give these lot to do them a work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Like so, it will be a. An interesting game. It would be nice to see West Brom like their their different style of play, like how it how it how it does for them in the league. But I think it's gonna come unstuck against a lot of the big teams. I think they're just gonna have a little bit too much quality. You'd like to think so, but again, the games are coming thick and fast. So you have Brighton on the fourteenth, and then you have Liverpool on the nineteenth. Then you have West Brom yeah, on the twenty sixth, and then you get a week off, and um, Chelsea um, then play Crystal Palace on the third of October. Chris Palace at home actually. That's a great. That's a great. Again, that's another. You get two, two home Sticky games feet. in a row. Yeah, but you get two home games in a row. Um, so you get you got 
in between that, you've got the, the, the Manchester United game away. Um, so Crystal Palace at home. It's not, that's not too bad of a fixture, in my opinion. Um, Zaha might not be there. Zaha might not be there. I mean, you <laughs> know, there's a lot of there. things. There's a lot of things that could potentially be happening at that club. Um, yeah. But one would hope that, you know, Crystal Palace at home, you could possibly, you could possibly get a win there, or you should really be getting a win there. If you want to do anything that season in the season, you really should be getting a win. And I feel like the thing is with um, with this season, I feel like a lot of the results, like. I remember the the West Ham the West Ham at home game where we lost it. Mm-hmm. Um, we lost, uh, I think um, South, Southampton. I think we lost two. I think we yeah, lost, no, we yeah, lost yeah. to Bournemouth. We lost to Bournemouth at home. So these kind of games where we're not able to break the deadlock, but then they pinch a goal because they've got confidence that we've not been able to threaten them or score. Yeah. Hopefully that now we've got Ziyech, and if we get Havertz and obviously Timo Werner. Hopefully those sort of games don't happen again because we have the, the sufficient firepower and creativity to kind of destroy these teams and get their hope and destroy their hope. You know what I mean? So yeah, remember, I think, remember what Thomas Muller said to us um, in the press conference? I, we want to destroy their hope straight away <laughs> at the beginning. That's what I want. Uh, I want that kind of energy, bro. Like, when yeah, I said it, it sounded so wavy. I need that energy. Uh, I, I hear that 100% because, like, we're, we're not here to just make up numbers and be fighting for the top four. Like, we, we really and truly, we're not about that. And Lampard, I'm glad he said it at the end of the season. He did say, like, yeah, we've done the job. We've got top four. But, you know, like, this is not really, this is nothing. Not like, we don't really want to be here. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I think the blend, of, the blend of fixtures so far, what we've gone through, I think there's a lot of lessons to learn early on about the new um, recruitments of the squad. Like, because, mm. like you said about Palace, We've had similar games where we've lost. And even in the Palace game, the last one, the, the, um, the second time we played them towards the end of the season, when, Lam- when uh, Zaha scored the banger and yeah. then they were all over us that like, last 10, 15 minutes and we could have easily probably even like, lost that game. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see the way we deal with like, that kind of fixture this season. Because I think if we deal with that kind of fixture the way you're talking in terms of like the Muller energy, where yeah. we just completely... Dispatch. Shatter their hopes early, then I think that will set us in good stead to kind of gauge how the team is going to play against the majority of those kind of teams. Do you know so, what's funny? Yeah, because I feel like so we'll get onto this a little bit later on in regards to like the Lampard documentary on Chelsea, Chelsea's website on Chelsea Fifth Standard. Um, but it's got it's quite funny because. Frank was citing like in that documentary, like pretty early on, that he clocked how this team would be. It would be up and down. So they'd have moments where they're fantastic and may not get the result. They'd have moments where they're fantastic, get the result. There'd be moments where they play well and don't get the result and get a loss. And there'll be other times where they're just absolutely terrible. You know I mean? <laughs> so he said it, for, it was pretty early on. Like he kind of recognised pretty early on that, yeah, this is what I'm going to get from these boys. You know what I mean? So I'm not really going to expect much, but I'm going to, I'm hoping for top four. Um, but it's going to be a slog. And he was right. It was a very, very difficult um, watch yeah. pretty much in the last couple of games. So, like you say, in, a, in, a, in those first six games, you probably be able to see really where we're at. You know what I mean? So, and obviously there's Champions League in between all of those games, but I don't think the fixtures will come out for that. But, yeah, I feel like within those six games, you kind of will get a kind of, you'd get a feeling and understand as to where we kind of are. Um, yeah. So then, yeah, obviously, after Crystal Palace, you've got Southampton at home. 
which hopefully should be a decent game. Obviously, Danny Ings was in fantastic form last season. Yeah, he'll probably hope he, he'll be hoping to, to continue that this season. Um, again, then you've got Manchester United away, which is um, a big game, a very, very big game, because, um, yeah, they, they finished above us, which when they were under us for a large part of the season last season. Um, and maybe that's a part, that's a part where, although Frank Lampard got his revenge in the FA Cup, this might be a situation where, you know what, you might want to get his own back and get some revenge um, for the tanking that we received yeah. last season. Um, yeah, but yeah, other than that, we've got Burnley after that and Sheffield, uh, Sheffield United. So it's going to be interesting. The season is looking, um, well, it's, it's literally, we're, we're coming back into Premier League football, man. So it's, uh, it's a crazy <laughs> one. It's a, it's a crazy one. The, the last couple of months have been absolutely insane. And the, the fact that football was, coming around so quickly it is amazing for me personally I, I, I've got no complaints I've got I'm shocked at the quality like, I'm shocked at like the consistency of like some of the quality though as well like considering so like the games have been coming in so so fast like yeah. it's literally been football on like I feel like there's been football on it's every fun. day do you get what <laughs> and even next so, week there's a community shield obviously we would have hoped to have played in that but to yeah. a degree you probably probably you're probably kind of happy that you ain't got that fixture. So exactly, you're kind of happy that you don't have that fixture, really and truly, because um, it's a lot. It's a lot. The workload has been, you know, it's quite heavy on our players. Obviously, we lost Christian Pulisic for what six weeks. Um, yeah. lost Aspilicueta for four weeks as a result of a um, torn or damaged hamstring. So it's been um, it's been quite heavy on the players. So this rest has been quite um important. Um, but someone who hasn't been resting um. It's kind of Hudson Odoi. So today, obviously, we saw some videos of him in training, back in training. I think he was the only one in training, um, getting it in early doors. Um, what, do you, what do you make of that, um, uh, Jay? It's a, it's a, it's a, it, for me, it, it kind of puts him in good stead, uh, in my opinion. And it, it seems like he really wants it now. He's seen it. Yeah, what, what yeah you- but like, bro, that kind of stuff there, I think he's showing already that I was trying to get in. I was trying to get my position last season towards the end, for whatever reason. Obviously, he didn't get the minutes that he probably. Kind, of, I think me personally, I felt like he deserved a little bit more minutes. Mm-hmm. Didn't get them, but he hasn't sulked about it. You get what I'm saying? He's 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 carried on. He's in, he's like he's shown excitement that they've they've managed to get top four. Um, he's moved on from the FA Cup final. You know, little. Pedro coming on before him, stunt and all of that, which, like, fair enough, that's Lampard's decision, but I, I can see why he might have took that as a little bit of a blow as well. But then, yeah, but then you look at him now and, he, and he's still, you know, he's training hard outside of, of, of Chelsea's official training date, like, training start date anyway. I think they're back tomorrow. So, um, yeah, man, it's nothing but good, good, good energy from, from Callum. And I really, really hope that he... Is on that starting, starting lineup against Brighton. I really yeah. do like. I proper want him to be one of the first names on the team. I feel like it's going to be quite interesting for me because I feel Callum's attitude has been called into question by a number of fans, which is it's been baffling for me because I don't. I think maybe it's the fact that he wanted to leave, and they feel like they probably thought he was a bit too uh, um, above the station, which I find mm. is quite quite ridiculous, but. Here we go. In terms of his attitude and application to the game, um, I, I, I wouldn't want to question it. But the fact that you're seeing extra extra work ethic, hunger, desire, and that's one thing that Frank Lampard 
absolutely champions, you know, the extra work ethic and um, just wanting to work, the willingness to work, the willingness to, to fight your way into a side. And that's one thing that we absolutely gave credit to Christian Pulisic about in terms of yeah. fighting yeah. his way in. You know, he, wasn't, he was out of favour for quite some time. And some might argue rightfully, some might argue wrongfully that he wasn't playing. Um, and he fought his way in. And one thing that we, we always champion Christian Pulisic about is his mentality and having that winners and that hungry, that hungry mentality. I mean, not, nothing more highlights and showcases his desire and his winning, his, his winning desire um, and his, his attitude and um, his, his, yeah, just his, his mentality was um, when he got injured. When he got injured in the FA Cup, where he sprinted, he sprinted, tore his hamstring, and he still tried to take a shot. I personally, I've never seen anything like that in my life. Like, when people say Captain America, <laughs> that was literally the moment. I was talking to my boys about this, and we said, like, that is such an American thing, as in that, in that moment, you know, trying to score a goal whilst injured. That is such an American mentality, like, you know, a never-say-die type all right, I'm going to give everything, you know? So that's one thing you can never take away from Christian Pulisic. So, Callum Hudson-Odoi, really and truly, yes, you may win this position. You may win the start against Brighton, but it's completely up to you now to fight for this position or fight for your yeah. place and win this. Because you know, Pulisic ment mentally, you know he's going to come back and you know he's going to come back fighting and trying to get his position back. And that, for me personally, is only a positive thing. When you have two players or a, a plethora of players being hungry and not disillusioned, because I feel like last season you could probably argue that Callum wasn't getting his opportunities, and you could probably say that he might have been um, slightly disillusioned sometimes um, it, it, because he wasn't playing. Um, same with Christian Pulisic. I think earlier in the season he was kind of um, murmur saying, oh, "I'm not quite sure why I'm not playing," blah blah blah. But he knuckled down, got on with it, and started getting his games. Um, that didn't quite work out for Callum, but. It seems like the pennies dropped this season, this summer anyway. He cut his holiday extremely short and he's come back hard and he's come back to training extra days. And for me, maybe mentally, he's now... Total Wine & More is a wonderland to explore. Thousands of wines and spirits, unexpected pairings and great gifts, low prices and helpful guides. Make the holidays magical at Total Wine & More. Drink responsibly, be 21. ...to see that, okay... Right, I'm, at, I'm 19 now. Last year was a wasted year, which I kind of expected because I was injured. Or I, I had this big, big injury. Yeah. Now it's time to kick on. Now it's time to really fight for this because I, I want to be a big player. You know what I mean? So even I if... Think, I think, sorry, sorry. And I think that, that like, we saw that little clip of them when they were doing like, the key-ups the, the key and that, in, in that little clip between that with, with each other. And I think... I wouldn't be surprised if they both push each other. Do you know what I mean? Like within the club, like I feel like a lot of people and a lot of fans try to make it out like it's it's one versus the other. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're actually you know pushing each other and it's a thing where they appreciate the fact that they're both very you know top young talents and they're at a massive club in Chelsea at the moment and they know that there's only one spot up for grabs. But they're not trying to play each other down or anything. They're they're trying to push each other, work hard get the best out of each other and then whoever obviously whoever whoever trains hardest whoever performs best ends up and like you said that can be nothing but a positive because that means you're going to end up with a top top winger 
regardless. Do you know what I mean? Like, regardless, of regardless of who it is, you're going to have one player that has pushed themselves to the most to get there. So yeah. it's not a bad thing. For me, having a, a Hudson Odoi who's hungry, having a Christian Pulisic who's hungry is not a bad thing whatsoever. And also, they both know what's coming. They both know Hakim Ziyech is coming. They both know <laughs> that um, Timo Werner is there. They both know that potentially Kai Havertz is coming. And Kai Havertz can play anywhere across the front four. So they know they need to push themselves. They need to go hard. Callum, I don't think he would be under any like misconception that, rah, these men are coming. I need to push myself. I need to go to the next level. I need to put on the extra work, do the extra work. Because ultimately, your position is as precarious as it is. So you need to work hard. You need to show the manager that, look, you can rely on me. You know what I mean? And I'll show you that. And I'll show you that I'm hungry because I'll show you that I'm by doing that extra work. So no complaints on Callum doing extra days. I'm, I'm really happy, happy for him. And I'm hoping that it kind of is valued by Frank Lampard. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, he gets an opportunity to really show what he can do. Because um, I, I feel like we've seen it in sparks and little, in little glimpses here and there, but it's time to really kick on. And uh, we'll just remain, we'll just see. But um, speaking of Kai Havertz, um, what do you make of the news um, of Jay? You know, uh, Kai Havertz apparently is progressing quite well. How you feeling? Yeah. Uh, like, obviously, you're, you're, you're itching to hear the announcement because it's like, you, you you just want it to be done now, innit? Because there's so many reports of they're kind of like the same thing in it over and over again, but just worded differently. And you're just you're almost like, all right, cool. Just I don't want to know. I just want to I just want to see him in the Chelsea shirt now. But no. um, the deals like this are massive, innit? And we've seen you know the Pogba's and like these massive signings like the Virgil Van Dykes. They 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 drag on. But eventually they do get done, in it? It's just a thing where it's a massive amount of money. Do you get what I'm saying? He's a very young, talented player that a lot of people are after. It's got to be the perfect deal, isn't it, for all parties in terms of buyer, like in terms of Leverkusen, in terms of Chelsea, in terms of Havertz. So I think it's not something that's not going to be rushed. However, it does seem like it's probably, you know, I'd, I'd say it's not this week, but because obviously come tomorrow it'll be Friday and nothing really gets announced on the weekend but probably next week maybe towards the end of next week I wouldn't be surprised to see it done it's lo- it's looking promising obviously Kai Havertz like the, the news that we've been hearing throughout the last couple of weeks have been pushing really hard to come to the club which is fantastic for me it's, it's fantastic to hear um, to see how desperate he is to move because his apparently what his mentality is that I want to get started here as early as possible and I guess that's before the Premier League starts. He doesn't want to, um, not that he does, he's not going to have a pre-season, but the fact that he's just not going to be able to um, to bed in. You know, you want to you want to have the that that bedding in period. Um, I guess. Yeah, you want to get them young. You want to get them young link-ups in training. Yeah, man. Quickly, man. <laughs> but so so Timo Werner, Hakim Ziyech have had that little bedding in period. So I think Havertz wants to come. It, it it makes sense. It makes complete and utter sense. You know, he wants to wants to come in. You know, get his feet wet a little bit and kind of understand his teammates. So it makes perfect. I think Aspie, I think Aspie's already mentioned as well, like about the other two saying, you know, we've seen what they're on coming. Kind of. <laughs> like, so, like they already know how they play. Yep. They've kind of got an idea of you know what they're about, 
which already that's that sounds good because it's like, well, boy, they they've already sound like they're gelling already. Mm-hmm. So it's like with Havertz, especially where he's a little bit younger than than the other two as well, you'd want him to come in pretty early on. Kind of forget about the whole fee as well because that that's that's probably going to linger about for a bit as well. You know, the whole transfer fee. You know so, what? I feel like with the younger players, I don't think the fee really gets to them that much, really and truly. I think it becomes when it, I feel like when you're an established pro and you're bought for a massive fee, I think that's where it starts to to weigh on you a lot because yeah. expectations of you are quite different. Because I feel like a lot of people aren't going to be expecting the world from Kai Havertz right now because they know yeah, he's only twenty-one years. He's only twenty-one years old. Whereas you're buying a twenty-six-year-old for a hundred million pound, they're going to be thinking, okay. The same, you know, I, I'm expecting everything from you now. You're not young, like, you know. So when you look at you look at yeah. the Maratas, for me, well, you bought Marata for £60 million, you bought at 24, 25 years old. You're thinking, okay. More pressure. Yeah. I've got a lot more questions. There's a lot more pressure on you. So it's, it's interesting. One caveat I do have, though, and one reservation I do have is that the fact that Kai Havertz is pushing hard for this move, what's to say that in... Five years from now, you know, where Real Madrid, <laughs> Real Madrid, God forbid, God forbid, Real Madrid come calling, and he's on the final. Well, he might have renewed in midway through that. You, you know, we have like what two, three more years left on his deal. Real Madrid come calling in 2025, and Kai Havertz is like, right, I'm off, pushing, pushing, pushing. It. I'm just need. To, I'm as much as I appreciate and love the fact that he wants to come here. Mm-hmm. This might be indicative of his character, and I don't want to call his character into question. I don't want to say that this is what he's about, but it's something that I'm wary of. You know what I mean? Because the moment yeah. that the players start pushing really hard, I start to think, "Oh, what are they like? You know, is this what they're like when they don't get what they want?" Really? What, um, yeah. What I, what I will say, I get, I hear you on that though, because Chelsea have been a club like that as well. Like as 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 much success as we've had, and as much as we we're um, a big club now I feel like we do still have that there is always there's always that extra step from Chelsea in it like there always is so it's just something you have to accept in football at the moment but what I will say is that I would learn from from the Hazard um, from the Hazards from the Hazard Hazard situation and what we didn't do with Hazard was we didn't give him these kind of enough of these kind of players, like the ZX, the Verners around him. So if we can stay consistent with, with the... Because this feels different, these transfer windows. I don't know why, they just feel a little bit different. They feel a little bit more ambitious. They feel a little bit more... Um, I don't know, man. Like the, the, the transfers are more appealing to me. So I feel like... it is, bro. Player taste. Yeah. You know what I mean? You We've got a manager whose taste just aligns with ours. I get it, bro. I get it. We've, it's been a long time. I can't lie. It's been a long time. He wants the Dior and that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the Dior and that, the Chanel and that. So, it's oh. calm. I'm, I'm happy, bro. You get me? We're not sure more, bro. We're not sure. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Conte coming with all that Max flavour and them oh, too. We're, we're shuffling Chanel, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean, man? We're something in fucking DNG, bro. The building, the Zappacostas and all them, man. <laughs> now we're getting fucking gas, Chanel, getting get some Dior. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's like, it's, 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 it
Yeah, so it's a thing where I think if we surround him with enough of them guys, um, like gradually, like because like like you said, he's young in it, twenty one years old. Come, he does go to renew. Like say for example, in three or four years, if he does fortunately renew with us because we won a couple of trophies or whatever, let's not do what we did with Hazard and do the little, you know, the one or two like yeah. mediocre or oh yeah, he'll he'll just about do for Hazard kind of thing. Mm. Let's let's go like ham and try and support him with more players that are on the same level. Do you get what I'm saying? I, I get Plus it. the youngsters that have got the, the you know, that world-class potential as well because I have to accept not all the youngsters are going to cut it, but there's also enough of them that can be good enough for the squad and come in and do a good job. There's enough of them to go on and be world-class. So, yeah, I think it's a very, very different time in terms of me. I guess, so I guess my concerns could be, like, you know, allayed a little bit. Um, it's still there, though. Exactly, that... that that fear will always be there. And I guess that's an inferiority complex. So I know that Real Madrid and Barcelona are superior sides and that there always be, will be a superior club and always will be revered in that way. One thing yeah. I can say, though, is that this is a new gen, to be perfectly honest. I think Hazard's generation is probably the last generation of, oh, wow, Real Madrid are this, Real Madrid are that, Real Madrid are this, Real Madrid are that. Whereas the, the generation like Kyle Havertz, Sancho, Hudson's, Vinicius, all these kind of players, for example, growing up, they'll be looking at the Chelsea's, the Manchester United's as the teams that were super successful in the early 2000s and stuff. So they're thinking, yeah. okay, yeah, you know what? These are the teams I followed because back then, those were the teams to play for. You get what I'm trying to say? So yeah. it might work in our favour, really. It might switch, but Real Madrid is still Real Madrid, Barcelona is still Barcelona. So you don't know. You're, but you're right, though. I feel like what what you said was quite perfect in regards to the period that we're entering in now is so new and so unique because we are being where we're, our team is like you say we're shopping in Harrods now because we're we're looking at the team of Werner's we're looking at the Hakim Ziyech get I Pulisic to that Havertz um, in terms of the attack um, so. I get it. In terms of quality, it, it makes sense, you know. So it won't be a hazard or bust or Havertz or bust situation or Werner or bust, you know. You'll have other players that could probably supplement and help when these players have off days. Which they'll you talk about it all the time. You yeah. talk about it all the time. They're not going to share the load, didn't it? You yeah. always say it. Like they, these guys are going to share the load. They're not gonna, it's not going to be a thing where Havertz has to bang 20 goals and get 15 assists for us to even be competing. Exactly. I don't think it's be, Everyone will be sharing. Everyone will be eating, hopefully. Um, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> and that could even be like Callum Hudson. That could even be Christian Pulisic. They will all be sharing the load and sharing the work, the work rate. So, we'll see, man. But speaking of shopping in Harrods and now regressing back to John Lewis and that, let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about Lewis Dunk. Um, we've been linked with him strongly um, in the last couple of weeks. Um, what are your thoughts on that link, really? Because I like him, but £40 million at 28 years old. That, what do you think about all that, first and foremost? Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a difficult one because our situation at the back is so sticky right now because there's, there's a lot of basics that we're missing. Mm. So when these links are coming up, although they look on paper, although they look so crap to some people or like, you know, just like a poor signing, or a mediocre signing, in actual fact, we've been so bad that some of these players can actually come in Makes and sense. improve on. 
Yeah. It was so scary. The, the thing is with that, though, um, uh, one thing that, so, like, the, the Touchy Guna guys, for example, they love to say that, look, yeah, we could buy a certain player now and they could improve us for now, but long term, how, how well are they going to um, advance yeah. us? And, like, with Lewis yeah. Dunk, I think absolutely he will improve us. Um, defensively, he's, he's, a, he's a pure defender. Um, very good on the ball. Very comfortable on the ball, very good passer, um, and great in the air. So aerially, he 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 ticks a lot of boxes. Um, is he better than what we have? Arguably, arguably, I think he has different qualities to what we have. Does he have the qualities that we need? I think he does. I think because in defence, in terms of aerial presence, we are terrible. Um, in terms of like pure defending, we don't really have a pure defender. I mean, we have Kurt Zuma, who's an aggressive defender, but in terms of pure defensive capabilities. I think Lewis Dunk is a, a better defender than him. So I think he, you know, he, he bring quite a lot to the side. And also at 28, he bring a, some much needed experience to our team because yeah. I think he turns 29 in November. So he, yeah, you can not, imagine he's quite, quite vocal as well. You can imagine he's quite vocal at the back. I think he's quite vocal for like Brighton at the back yeah, he, and he was organising and yeah. stuff like that. He's, not, like, he's he, not a quiet lad at all. Nah, so like he would be a guy that would come in and, and definitely like set things up at the back nicely but but again the the problem is obviously the first thing is, is like long term second thing is I, I've, it's got a kind of like a Cahill vibe for me like as well that's the only thing and I'm not saying Dunk is I'm not saying um well Cahill was decent when he was being linked at the time like when he was at Villa and that and Bolton he was a bit better than he was I think towards the end at Chelsea but um I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, I've never, like, I never really liked Cahill. I never liked the way he played. I never liked. That's the thing. I, 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 I don't really see the Cahill comparisons in terms of, but in terms of a signing, I, I get what you're trying to say, but I don't really see it simply because Cahill for me wasn't a pure defender. He was a very reactive defender um, and very, um, I'd say, passive and last, but last ditch. So it's weird. He's a weird combination. So he'd be passive. And he'd be very, very scared to touch a player until it becomes the very last second. And then he has to make a tackle. Whereas Lewis Dunk is pretty much the opposite. Lewis Dunk, as much as he can do the last-ditch stuff, I think he, when it comes to 1v1, as long as it's not pace, he will stand you up. He's, he's very good at doing that, you know what I mean? So in terms of play, and also I think Lewis Dunk is clear, lot like, clear by miles of, of Gary Cahill on the ball. I think there was a, oh, a big, yeah. was a big <laughs> misconception there was a big misconception about bloody Gary Cahill and his ability on the ball. On the ball. Oh my god, terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Lewis Dunk is a very good, he's a very good ball player. Very good ball player. Very comfortable on the ball. Um, and I think the main thing is his, um, his headering as well. Yeah. Like, and I saw something like, I saw some graph or something like that people talking about how he hasn't really been that great in the air but I've watched him, and I, I remember watching him a few times against Tottenham, mm. and they were just hit, like whipping the ball in there. I think it was when they even had Ericsson in there, and they were just hitting the ball in there, like time after time. And he was just headering it out, headering it out. Like I do think he will definitely add something to our team, but again, it's just. I agree. One thing that obviously has always been a a bit, a bit of a concern is pace. Um, he's very, he's pretty slow. Um, I'd probably say he's just a bit faster than Maguire in terms of speed. And I also turn it turn, I guess his 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 speed on the turn is also quite concerning. 
But again, in terms of just uh, the basic um, defensive qualities and capacity, I think he's good. I think he'd be a good signing. I think he'd be a good signing, but at forty million pounds, he'd be a very expensive signing. Although it'd be good, it'd just be very expensive. But I always say to myself, my ultimately, if a player is expensive, but they come in and have a transformative effect on your defense, I will never speak. You will never speak about the fee. I don't think anyone speaks about Van Dyke's fee. I don't think anyone speaks about um, Allison's fee because they've had transformative effects. Now, that's not me saying Lewis Dunk will have that. But if he does, no one's going to talk about the £40 million. Everyone will just say, great signing. He's shored up our defence. Great. Um, also, we've been linked with another defender, um, Thiago Silva, who is playing in the Champions League final this, this weekend. Um, now, that's a, cuff, that's a link I'm a little bit not excited about. But it's a link that I'm thinking, okay, this one kind of makes a bit more sense to me. Because um, you need a defender with a bit of experience. We've been calling for a defender. Okay, we need an experienced defender who is solid, who's been there, done it, and he could be someone that the others can grow and learn from. You know, Thiago Silva ticks all the boxes for me. Um, yeah. How, how do you feel about that signing? Potential signing. I've always been a fan of Thiago Silva, but um, the but is obviously... 35 going on 36. Yeah. Um, I watched him the other night. I think he played in one of the Champions League games the other night. Mm, um, I can't remember who it was. But he he, um, he looked okay, to be fair. Like, he did, he didn't, you couldn't tell that he was 35. Do you know what I'm saying? But mm. uh, coming into the Prem, though. Different. I, I, like, like, I know we're not doing that well in Europe at the moment, so saying all this coming into the Prem stuff and all that, people will be like, oh, well, but you know, we, the other leagues are doing new, well. But... We're the new Farmers League, man. Come on, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> but, you know, you got Mbappé and Valet trolling us oh, at the moment. But, but I think the league, though, one thing you can't take away from the league is how physical it is, isn't it? Mm. And, like, I think... If you're talking about physicality and stuff like that, I don't think Thiago Silva lost that side of his game. I think no. he's still very aggressive. Um, he's very loud, very passionate. Very vocal, man. Yeah, he, he is someone that you would love to have in your team, though. But I can't lie. I'd take him, man. I'd take yeah. him. I'd take him. Even if i take him and Dunk, F it. I'd take him. Because I feel like <laughs> he'd add so much. And do you know what it is? The thing is, for me... This is almost, if we do get um, Thiago Silva, it's almost an admission that Lampard made an error in letting Luis go. Because mm. I think David Luiz is a big leader in Arsenal. And I think he's a large part of the reason as to why they won the FA Cup, personally speaking, and beat us. Because David Luiz is a leader. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doing our part. Um, as much as he has his faults and as much as he has his mistakes and makes his mistakes, no one could take away from his capacity and his his. His, one, his vocalness, two, his, his caring about young players, and three, his willingness to win. Because we, we've yeah. seen it firsthand. We've seen it in the FA Cup. We've seen it in the, in, in the Champions League. We've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. I, I knew how much of a big miss he would be. Because um, as much as Aspie's a modal pro, fantastic pro, he is not the leader. 
he is not a leader in the side. And I feel like we've missed David Luiz massively. So if we need to go and get Thiago Silva to instill that little bit of leadership, I'd take him. I'd, I'd take I'd take yeah. I'd take him. He's that, he's that kind of guy that just won't let you slack. Right. That's, we ain't got anybody in the team like that at the moment. And if you look at the development of Kimpembe and uh, Marquinhos, they come on leaps and bounds defensively. So I, for me, I don't know. He... And the things with Thiago Silva, he is a model pro. He is a model pro. He looks after himself well, had a fantastic career, seen it all. Hopefully, if he wins the Champions League, it will be his first Champions League. So he's done it all. So for me personally, I, I, it'd be silly not to, to, it'd be silly to discard him just based on his age. Because I feel like he's still... Especially if he's dropping his wages. If he's yeah. dropping his wages. Miles. And he's, he's willing. He's willing. And yeah. I, I think he... Yeah, I, I think it'd be silly to, to discard him just based on his age, especially when you're, he's still doing it. He's still doing it, really. Because I'd, be, I'd be lying if I said don't take him, because the thing is, I've always said as well, don't rush your targets if you don't feel like there's anybody, if, if there's like a certified player that you want out there that you can actually get. So if Oblak is the guy that you want, for example, as a GK next, next summer, mm-hmm. then don't go and buy you no know, 40, 50 million pound keeper now if you don't really want him. Just go and do the stopgap team. And the same, I feel the same about centre-back. If, if you feel like you're only converting Rice into a centre-back because you, you feel like there's not enough centre-backs out there, mm. then it might, be worth, it might be worth waiting one more year and taking somebody like a Thiago Silva on a free. You see what I'm saying? So, well, speaking of Declan, um, Jan Deckers, um, he's another one. I feel like... Chelsea are going through this process and trying to knock out their targets one by one. And Declan Rice has been on our radar for quite some time. We've been linked with him since January last year, January this year. Um, he's one I think we, we desperately need um, just because of the midfield. Um, we've already seen the, the, the Kante and Kovacic pivot. Um, I don't think that there's a pure DM between them. Um, Obviously, we all know how I feel about Jorginho. As much as he's a good player, I don't think he's suited to this league. Physically, he's just not there. That's not to say he's a bad player. I just think physically, he's just not of the level. Whereas Declan Rice, I've seen his physical, develop- his physical development has been astonishing throughout the season. I feel like earlier this season, he was still quite slight. Um, but there's been a, a physical development, but also in a technical development, in my opinion. I think he started to show a little bit more technique and flair in his play um, and a little bit more composure. So I definitely have him in as a DM. Um, yeah, he could slot in that centre-back if we were lacking that badly. But no, I'd probably get him in as a DM. And um, that'd, be, that, that, that'd be one signing that I'm, I'm fairly comfortable with, to be perfectly honest now. On to a signing that you know potentially could happen that we're not really comfortable with is um is Ben Chilwell. Um, yeah. <laughs> now there's an argument here that I could be being extremely harsh and saying yeah he's not he's not good enough or not great um or not okay let's 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 reword this Ben Chilwell whilst he might be an okayish decent Premier League left back is he a Premier League left back that is worth sixty or fifty six million pounds? No. For me, no. Should Chelsea be wasting resources on Chilwell or that amount of resources on Chilwell when you can get other replacements or other players in that position um, for less? No. That being said, 
if Frank Lampard is getting his guy, and that is his guy, and he's not going to be chopping and changing that left back, and at midway through the season, he's not going to be like, oh shit, okay, he's actually not that good, Bin, then fine. If this is going to be his guy, then let him get his guy, really and truly. I, I, you know, but if, that, if, that's, if that's his thing and this is a critical area, you know, that's not to say that um, Shaw doesn't have any good qualities, you know, he's decent in the air, relatively quick, um, and he can get up and down the pitch pretty well. Um, so if, the, if that's the guy, then fine. What do you think about it, Joe? Yeah, I'm like recently I've started to try and look at a lot of like a lot of the chill world side a little, a little bit more in a positive light, mainly because of a few things that you said about well, if it is Lampard's guy, um, he's going to be starting week in, week out in it. Mm. And I think with consistency can come, you know, it, it can help bring quality to some degree in terms of if he's playing consistently. Mm. But um, at the same time, he's been playing consistently at Leicester. <laughs> and he's had, you know, he's had, he's had a very good start to the season, and then he's had like a, a massive dip towards the end, or mm. from the middle towards the end. So it's like, I don't know whether it's a thing where the transfer is on his mind. Like that's another, that's another thing I've tried to look at as well. Like in terms of mentally, like was he, was he, like how long has he been thinking about this transfer? Because Chilwell, I think was, I think the Chilwell thing started from a while back. Like it wasn't. I don't think it was just this season. Like it was, I think it was might, might have even been last season when they were talking about how he's a Chelsea fan and all this stuff. So like, yeah, been, I'm hoping been for some time. Yeah, so I'm hoping. Man, I've tried to look at it from a mental angle, and I'm thinking, you come into the club that you saw. You come in with your manager, probably one of your idols. Um, the excitement about playing for Chelsea in terms of we are a bigger club than Leicester and we are going to be playing in the Champions League, he is going to have to up his game. I don't think he'll probably shy away from hard work on the training pitch and stuff like that. And there is that, that capacity, obviously, to get better, in it? Like, he, he, he can actually get, like, become a better player. He's so, still, my he, thing is... He, he's still only 23, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, he's still only 23. He's still got scope to develop and grow. But it's just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so but my thing is going back to what you're saying though, as well, like and what you said in the past on previous pods. My thing has never been complaining. I, I do complain about Alonso in attack, and obviously, I think Chilwell will 100% be better than Alonso in attack. But it's the defensive issues that we also need to fix more than ever right now. And if he's coming in to drop, you know, three, four out of tens at the back, like going back then that will become an issue. That will become an issue. So, Yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of attack, I, I don't expect Chilwell to offer better than mm. Alonso in attack because Alonso, okay, let me correct that. In terms of goal scoring, no. Alonso is a unique type of left back. <laughs> back that's only really focused and only really switched on when it comes to scoring goals or yeah. shooting. Beyond that, he is quite sloppy and quite porous. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really expect him to improve but because I don't think his crossing is that great. I don't think his, um, his, his general offensive play is that great. But if he brings a solidity in, in defence, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to complain too much because I think he got three goals, three assists last season in the league. For a very offensive Leicester side, you know, a very, very offensive Leicester side. Um, so his crossing is not that great, his dribbling is not that great, but 
if he can be relatively solid, I'm not going to complain too much. You know what I mean? Um, but it, I think it, it will just be like the runs. You know what it will be? I think with Chilwell as well, though. It will be, you know, a lot of the time when Alonso gets the ball and he does that thing that we both hate, where he gets the ball, takes a touch, makes it look like he's going to try and beat a player and mm-hmm. then comes back inside. Yeah, he gets the ball, takes a touch, comes back inside. That like, I feel like with Chilwell, you're not really going to see that because majority of the time it will be Chilwell running beyond the player. Mm. I think as well he will be running with much more conviction in terms of his runs will actually look threatening. Whether they are threatening, this is the bonus about being a left-back. You can make a run, look threatening, yeah, and just look threatening, mm. and that will cause problems for the opposition. Yeah. Even if you're not threatening, like... You just have to make the run, make the decoy run, do something. But don't just stand there, get the ball and bring it, like, pass it back inside. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because then there's just no threat whatsoever. Which is why like me and Dan sometimes talk about Emerson and how he's good on the ball. And when he gets the ball, he tries to drive the player sometimes. Like, at least he's trying to make something happen. But Alonso, there's just zero there for me. Like, I just feel like, like you said, unless the ball is right in front of him, ready for him to strike, it's, it's kind of like a, you know... Yeah, I mean- yeah, it's not all bad. I feel like defensively, yeah. I feel defensively is not great. Um, yeah, I feel defensively is not great, but he's a marked improvement for me on Alonso. I feel he doesn't get beat as easily as Alonso does. As actually, he gets beat because all not all left backs are actually cold. Not all left backs are perfect. Nah. Left <laughs> are perfect. So yeah, he will get beat, but I don't think he'll be as frequent as um as Alonso. So. Yeah, it could be a decent signing. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not hopeful, but it could be a decent signing as well. Feeling as, long, <laughs> as long as Lampard gets his guy, then you know it'll, it'll be, his, it'll, it'll be, you know, it'll be on him. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to complain too much. Um, want to talk about um our new, our new centre back signing? In fact, um, we'll talk about centre backs earlier, but we've got Briamba, um, from Barcelona, the young Dutch centre back, six foot four, um, I think he's 19 years of age. Which uh, is a very unique and uh, interesting signing, actually. I've, I've never really, we I don't think we've done a signing like this, really. Um, I was going to say that as well. Like I, I just feel like it's just very, it's come out of nowhere. It's very different as well. But they must have seen something super special to want to, yeah. to want to go for him. It's really good. I mean, I've, I've looked, I've watched some clips of him, and obviously, it's very difficult to really gauge a player based on clips. But he looked yeah. quite imposing. One thing is, he's very imposing, very physical, but he also can play good on both feet. I'm like, okay, you know what? This might be decent, and this probably might be as to why, the reason why we're not looking at the Uma Picanos, uh, the Gabriels type type signers, because this might be our, our guy. You know what I mean? This might be our, our one like golden gem. So it might make sense. I believe he's going to be starting off in the development side, um, the development squad. Um, but that could change. You know, Frank Lampard, Jody could look at him and think, you know what, actually, we could do with you and, um, you know, get him in the first team. So it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm quite happy with that signing, you know. It's, it's interesting because, like, he's come from Barcelona, yeah? And the thing is, if, like, he's made... He, so he's made it his prerogative to come to Chelsea. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering what they've said to him in terms of in the next two years, in terms of his development, development in the next two years. Yeah. Do they feel that he could be like a 2021-year-old 20, in the first team. That's the thing. You see what I'm saying? Like, like you're saying, like, is that the reason why, we're not, why we might not be going so hard for, you know, a big money centre-back? 
It's, it's interesting because I feel like Barcelona, of all clubs, probably needed another centre-back. You know, with PK, probably might be his last couple of years at the, at the club. I mean, this, is a, this might be a, a decent coup for us, to be honest. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with that sign. Um, there is a just a quick one. Um, what will be your first? What will, your, what will be your starting lineup against Brighton? So obviously that's a couple of weeks away now, and I know it's a bit pre- premature, but as it stands, yeah, no. no Kai Havertz, no Kai Havertz allowed. I'm yeah, sure no Kai Havertz allowed. That's cool. Why are we doing Chilwell allowed? Yeah. Oh, no, because we're not signing him. I think Chilwell, <laughs> Kai Havertz, um, Declan Rice, Lewis. Yeah, cool. I'll so, go with our normal. I'll go with our team, West Ham, so if we, if we didn't get those, for example. So I'll go scary. In goal, I'd have to go with um, Damn, let me pause Cavalera you. at the moment. Yeah, boy, there ain't nice no little, talk about little That GK. was a nice little pause here, right? Because that, that was a nice little um, a little segue that I had to throw in there because this is the thing. I got you to sort out this team for, for Brighton, yeah? And the biggest concern and the biggest thing that everyone seems to be forgetting, goalkeeper. Right. <laughs> like, this is why I wanted you to name the team because, bruv, we've not been linked. We're not like, obviously, Anana's still like lingering, but that's kind of gone cold. Fam, what's happened? The Pope thing ain't even really that booming as well. Like, you know, nothing's booming. Nothing is booming. I don't understand. Like, yeah, I don't know. But the thing is about Chelsea, I'm getting nervous. I'm getting nervous, man. I'm getting nervous. There is no way, like Lampard's not a, Lampard's not a mug. I, I, I refuse to accept he's a mug. So I know yeah. he's not going to be starting Kepa. I know he's not on it. I know he's not. I know he's not. Yeah. So Bro, there's no way. There is no way we are not sorting out a goalkeeper. There is no way. I, I, I can't. We can't be this mad. I think the mad. thing is, what I was, what I'll say is, I think unless they've got a very confident feeling that that signing is going to be the quickest. In terms of once they, once they make the the bid or whatever for for because I because I could imagine if they make the bid for Pope, for Burnley, I don't think that's gonna take too long. You know what I'm saying? No, it will. It will. <laughs> but this is the thing. Yeah? One thing. One thing I feel like our fans or fans football fans in general will take for granted yeah, is club planning, right? So yeah, yeah. they're looking at things now. Yeah, I think okay, if we sign Nick Pope. That's going to take a long time because the negotiation, you're signing our starting goalkeeper and yeah. you're going to probably want to want to start, you're going to probably want to buy him on like some pittance, like a 35k, 35 um, million pound sort of thing. And they're going to be like, well, hold on a minute. This is the goalkeeper that literally almost won the Golden Glove for, for Burnley. This is the goalkeeper that's an England international. This is the goalkeeper. This is the goalkeeper that starts every week for us. And pretty much keeps us in the league. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's going to take a long time to negotiate. So I don't think that's a position that we should be playing games with, especially when it's just as important as a centre-back. It's just as important as a left-back. So I don't think that's, that, that's something that we really and truly should be lacking on. That's something yeah. that we need to be getting sorted ASAP. ASAP. I did. I did say when the, when the season finished, I did say as well. Like one of my one of my first signings that I would have tried to get done was uh, Ben Foster. 
like for me personally, I, I feel like that should have been one that should have just been on its way being done. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like when it's I mean, like two weeks, two weeks after the season done, announced Foster, boom, done, he's going to be our keeper. And then that way, you just ain't got this all whole thing all about. All in with Foster. I don't know what's happening now. I don't know what's happening now. So we'll see. Hopefully. You got me kind of shook still because it's true. Yeah. Like, there ain't no links like that. It's true. No, one, no, one's, no one's really clocking it. That's why I wanted you to say the team because I'm thinking, oh, I'm hanging about. We've been talking about centre backs, you know, Havertz, you know, all them, man. Rice, Chilwell, cool. name the starting lineup, big man. Starting lineup, and you're struggling with the centre goalkeeper. I'm like, ah, right, here we go. That's a, that's something to talk about, bro. Because it's ridiculous. Man Obviously, back in George, we, as we the can't brothers. we can't afford a black. We know we can't afford a black. You know, it's a hundred million, a hundred million pound fee, four hundred k a week of um, wages. We can't afford that. So then. You know, we're, we're, it's hard. Obviously, now Onana's gone cold. So, boy, I don't know. I'm, I, I hope we get that sorted ASAP because we cannot go into the season with Kepler again. It's just not. No. No. There is no way. All right. So, cool. That being said, name the starting lineup for, for Brighton um, away. Yeah, let, me, let me go. Let me go. I say Cavalero. Yeah. Might as well. Might as well continue with him. Um, Left back, I would go Emerson. Okay. I'd just go Emerson and I wouldn't go Alonso at all. However, though, if the links are super strong with Emerson at the time, in terms of him going out. But from now, we're saying from now. Saying yeah, from but now. if it's from now, yeah, nah, I'll go Emerson. I'll stay with Emerson. Um, centre backs. Centre backs, I'd probably go. Oh, this is scary. I'd probably go Zuma. You know, if he's still here, I'd, I'd go Zuma and Tomori again. Okay. I'd give him another chance from the off. Yeah. I'd, I'd give that partnership another chance from the off. And then um, Reece James right back. Um, centre mid. I'd probably go 4 3 3, you know, and what I'd do is I'd go, I'd put Kante in the anchor because mm-hmm. it's Brighton. Mm-hmm. I'd put Kante in the anchor and then I'd play. Mount, I'd probably play Mount and Kovacic. Okay. I'd probably play Mount and Kovacic. I don't know how fit Loftus is yet, mm. but I think it would be good to maybe still ease him in because I don't think we've had that many preseason games or anything like that because the gap's not that big in terms of the restart for the new season. So um, I'd probably go Mount and Havertz. Um, Mount and Kovacic, sorry. And then I'd go Ziyech right. Yep. Werner up top, yeah, and Cho left, yeah. But yeah, I think I think that's a pretty decent, strong team to like um, start off with. I think I could easily get the job done against Brighton. Mm-hmm. I agree. Now, like that's probably the, the exact same team I'd go for. Tomori and Zuma will be my centre back partnership. Reese James, Emerson, um, who else is that? Yeah, Kovacic, um, Kante, and Mason Mount. And yeah, how do you feel about Loftus? How do you feel about Loftus? Sheep? Um, Loftus Sheik, Sheik, I feel like. There's no place like home for the holidays or homedepot.com for holiday decor with great low prices on decorations inside and out, like artificial Christmas trees to light up the living room, outside lights and playful inflatables that bring joy to the neighborhood. Order online and you'll even get free delivery. Holiday decorating improved. 
with a wide assortment of holiday decor from HomeDepot.com. How doers get more done. Free standard shipping on most online orders over $45. Some exclusions apply while supplies last. He needs a, a run of games where he's not injured, basically. Um, I feel like if, if he maintains his fitness, and because the thing is with Loftus, I don't want us to be dependent on him anyway. So I just want him to get fit and play games and, you know, that'll be it. He doesn't need to be a, a, a certified starter, but he could potentially be that. You know what I mean? He could potentially be a certified starter, but he just needs to get, get fit again, you know? Um, I feel like he could be sharing the workload with a Kyle Havertz if we do sign him. So uh, I'm excited for a season. Um, I'm hoping that he, he stays fit. That's the most important thing because he's got all the talent in the world, really, and truly. He's a, he's a top, top player in terms of ability, in terms of what he can do with the football. So yeah, it all depends on his fitness, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, well, that, that's it, really. You can only hope and pray that he stays fit and healthy, you know what I mean? Yeah, getting them 20, 20 30-minute cameos. And then, you know what I mean? That's all he well, needs. Like, 20, 30-minute cameos are in the first couple of weeks and then, obviously, 16 and we get the 90s and we'll see, man. But, yeah, yeah I, I thought we'll leave it there. Obviously, yeah, thank absolutely. you, Jay, for, for joining me. Um, yeah, you guys catch us on the next one. Um, we'll be having some more um, content on the Patreon. So if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to the Patreon. And oh, also subscribe to the Discord. Um, we have, obviously, live podcasts on there. We have live games, um, live commentary throughout games. So join the community, join the Touchline community. And um, yeah, we'll see you on the next one. Peace. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness. It's a counter-attack. It's Didier Drogba. And now Kedir in the middle. Drop it, Mitchell on the 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 Mitchell on Possibly bleak as this. Drogba! Madas! Never ended up in McDonald's. And I have had a trophy in one time. Not the fault that I played with Madas. He done it! The greatest night in the history of Chelsea Football Club. European champions. They've beaten Bayern in their own backyard. they found the Holy Grail. After a bench of fraud with danger. And Drogba. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, 
bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Sports Social Podcast Network.